Hey everyone, this is Making Movies is Hard, a podcast about the everyday struggle of being an independent filmmaker. If this is your first time here, welcome to the support group. And if you're coming back for more, thanks so much for listening. We love having you. I'm Timothy Plain, and with me is Ulrich Purcell. Good morning, everyone out there. Good morning. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to it. We tend to record (laughs) these in the morning, so I, I realized yesterday when I was listening to our new episode that... We're always saying good morning. Yeah, good evening, good night, uh, good day, <laughs> uh, whatever. I hope people are are laying in bed listening to us as they go to sleep. That's my <laughs> that's my dream. Yeah, dreaming about uh, filmmaking and uh, meeting their <laughs> meeting their professional and creative goals. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So this podcast episode is all about feedback, and it was kind of born out of the the past week. Ulrich and I have been giving feedback to each other on different things. I've also been giving feedback, it seems like, on a lot of stuff over the past probably a few months, actually. Um, kind of what I've been doing is working on the Spirit Machine screenplay, a feature-length version of my short film. And I gave it to a few people, and Ulrich and I met last week, and he gave me notes on it. I also got notes from a former script reader and two other screenwriters. So I kind of been through the the ringer on feedback. And then Ulrich has been sending me stuff for his short film, Brother. Mm-hmm. I saw some trailers and a logo. So that we the logo is actually kind of what prompted this whole episode because Ulrich sent me the logo and said, what do you think? And I gave him a little bit of a wishy-washy answer. Yeah, I had to dissect it. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, and then I asked Timothy again, and he gave me his direct answer. And I was like, ah, oh, that's awesome. There you go. But it was weird, because Timothy's given me feedback on a lot of things in in, in a relationship. And uh, on uh, my screenplay, The Alternate, he gave me very good direct feedback. Um so I was expecting that when I uh, on this other stuff, <laughs> and then when it didn't come through, it was, it was really only particularly on um, the logo on the title, right? Yeah, because yeah. I think you know you've been very uh, straightforward about cuts of brother and stuff like that. So I don't know. It was just interesting that that's the way, and, and it was probably born out of receiving feedback recently on your script and just being like. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was like a subconscious thing where you just sort of changed your style a little bit. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I'm like more sensitive to how uh, I'm making other people feel when I give them feedback. Right. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Well, we'll talk about it. But before we do, is there anything you want to talk about over the last week? Some struggle you're going through? Uh, I don't know. Not or really. Some happiness? Uh, some some non-struggle? Well, I mean, um, just work on the on the web series is continuing to go, to go forward. I uh, did some work with my editor last week, which was great. And he's uh, he's kicking ass and it's turning into a really cool piece. Um, so has he, he's assembled and the entire thing at this point? Yeah, he uh, he put together the first edit, and I was like, you know, like I don't even want to give you notes, because if I give you notes, then you're just going to edit it the way I would edit it, and and that's boring. So I'm just going to not give you notes at all and just <laughs> see what you do. And what he did was really awesome. And then afterwards, I realized there was a couple things that uh, the DP and I were trying to do very specifically, and so I probably should have at least told him those things, um, which I didn't tell him. So you're, it sounds like you're open to 
his point of view on the material. Yeah. Like how, how's that whole thing playing out? Cause yeah, if you would have edited it, then it would have been a very specific thing. And because you've edited everything that you've ever shot, I'm just curious to know, like, where's this letting go of the control coming from? Uh, I, I think it's coming from, um, just hearing other people, uh, work and, and like kind of knowing what the, the, you know, how it's done in LA and on bigger projects. I like, you know, um, an editor goes with it and sometimes the director's there. Sometimes they're not, you know, sometimes it's assembled while you're shooting. And then when you're done shooting, you have like a rough cut that you just start working with, with an editor. So I guess it was sort of coming from that place where, I just wanted to sort of try something that was more traditional and, and try it differently than how I'd done it before. And uh, when we had worked together on Over My Dead Body mm-hmm. and I had like helped you edit um, a bunch of it, I kind of thought that was an interesting um, way to work. And I, I enjoyed it from an editor's standpoint. So I was just kind of curious to see what it would have been like uh, for me as a director being in that same position. So cool. that was sort of why I decided to do it that way. And also because... I was going on vacation right after we shot, so I wouldn't have time to edit, and he was around. So it was like, oh, well, I'll be gone. I'll just give it to you, and then when I get back, it'll be done. And that's exactly what happened, and it was great. Um, when you saw that first cut, though, was your instinct to be like, oh, I got to I gotta tell this guy, prescribe the edits that he needs to make? Or were you did, did you just be like, oh, no, he's actually done a really good job, and I just need to give some kind of like bigger notes? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was more like this. Yeah. He did a really good job. And there was like a couple things that he did differently that, uh, wasn't how I had envisioned it, you know, and wasn't how I thought it was going to go. Um, so I basically just tried to see if it would work my way. Although his way was definitely acceptable in a lot of circumstances, but I just sort of was like, you know what? I want to see it my way. And, um, I think so far, I want to just stick with my way, having seen, have made those changes. But then again, <laughs> there's, there's some things that he did that I wasn't going to do, um, or I hadn't thought of that I like and that we're sticking with. So, right. I mean, I think it was really beneficial because he did this whole, he did a couple of things that I wasn't thinking of. Or I didn't plan on doing, um, that worked really well. So, so yeah, I don't know. I thought it would think it's good. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'll do it for every project. Um, but, you know, it definitely doesn't, I don't, def, I definitely don't mind it, you know? And if someone was to tell me I had to work with an editor on something else later, I, I wouldn't be against it. Um, a little side note, I, I had a conversation with the DP. We were talking about like the success of a feature and he was saying mm-hmm. that the most important person is the editor. Like as far as your crew goes, because if you have a really good editor, they're they're gonna even if the director's not that experienced, first time director, whatever. But if you get good good footage and the editor or whatever you have, the editor if they're really talented, they can make it work in in a way in in, in some way, you know. Yeah, um, I I definitely think that an editor makes a film feel professional. Because you can make an edit of the same footage that doesn't feel good. Like, I, mm. I kind of saw that with Spirit Machine, where there's moments in the edit as like, oh my god, this looks so amateur. This is not what I was going for. But then as it got polished, I was like, oh, okay. So it's just a matter of editing to like make sure that it feels like the way that 
I guess we're so used to seeing things edited in a certain way, both on TV and movies and everywhere, that you just kind of get used to like a certain way of, of it being that if your film doesn't look like that, then it just feels like a student film, like right away. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like that can happen with anything, though. You know, if, if it's yeah. mishandled, mistreated, like it'll just look... um crummy and not and not good and people will, will want to turn it off but yeah you got to find that sweet spot where everything sort of clicks you know yeah um i'm kind of i don't know if this is going to be exactly like what you feel but i'll just say it anyways there's sure. a there's a portion when i was making short films where like i felt like i was the only one that could edit my stuff or the only one i was the only one i could kind of trust and then after I started like working with other people, and this is kind of like starting to apply now to writing, the more I work with like people that like they just focus on like editing, or they just focus on writing, or they just focus on cinematography, the more I feel like, man, I don't want anything to do with that stuff, because I am definitely not as experienced as they are. And I thought mm. at one point, like, oh, I'm, I'm like really good at it. But then when you like compare yourself to people that are just, that's all they focus on, then I realized that I just have so much more to learn and I'd rather just rely on people that know how to do it better than I do. And I'm glad that I have like a good foundation for all that stuff, but I, I, can, I feel less of the need to like control that aspect of it anymore now that I can see like how talented people are in those positions. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, with brother, I, I wanted to, uh, I was going to try the same thing. I was going to have someone else edit it. And then, mm -hmm. uh, this director that I love, and I think he's just a genius. He was my, he helped me out. And he was like my, uh, data manager for a couple of days and he started editing together a scene and the way he edited the scene together, I like, didn't like at all. Yeah. I was like, just like, what <laughs> you know <laughs> and then um yeah so then at that point i was like well i have to edit this because if this guy who i think is so smart didn't do it a way i liked then how is any other editor gonna do a good job yeah. and then um that scene that he edited got cut from the movie so maybe it wasn't even that he didn't edit the scene well. Maybe it just wasn't a, a good scene in the first place. Right. I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I still love that scene, but I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. But anyways, I think what it, what I'm trying to say is that I should just trust editors more. You know. Well, I think it takes time trust people. to find people that you can respect because it's true. If you if your skills are greater than the editor that you're working with, you're always going to be frustrated, and that's mm -hmm. where I was for a long time. Is like I all the editors that I have had access to were kind of like either at the same level of experience as me um, or less. And I, it took me a while to find people that were more experienced than me that wanted to work on my movies. And I'm kind of at that point now. So it's pretty exciting and it's great to work with an editor that knows so much about it and that can like help guide you and, and be another voice to bounce things off of. Like even just working with you on over my dead body and just not feeling stuck because it was just me in a room making all the decisions myself and being able to ask somebody else. I'm like, what do you think? And rely on another point of view and, and another opinion. I really like that aspect of filmmaking in general, just having somebody else in the room to turn to that you trust and say, what do you think? Yeah. The collaboration is, is so key, you know? Um, but it's, it's funny, like this is sort of going off a little bit in a tangent, but I think that whole 
desire to do everything and think that you have to do everything, especially when you're first starting out, like with your first short films or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know for sure, but I kind of feel like this is all born out of the idea that like the director is the auteur, you know? Yeah, I think it and, is. Yeah. And a, and a lot of like, you know, people who are just starting out, they're coming from watching Robert Rodriguez movies or Tarantino or, you know, I didn't necessarily think about or realize that Tarantino, um, you know, had like an editor, right. you know, even though it's in there, but you don't necessarily think about it that way. You're like, no. oh, well, he's the director, so he must have done everything. And right. then you, you pull He walks back into the edit room and that person's just a technician. He's just like, yeah, uh, cut here, cut here, use this performance and kind of dictating everything that's going on. Yeah, but he like writes all his own stuff, so that's like kind of feeds right. into that a little bit. But then you pull it back a little bit more, and then you're like, well, like Clint Eastwood doesn't even write most of his stuff or any of his stuff; he just directs. And then you're like, oh, well, why is these are these movies so good? Well, it's because of all the different pieces and all the different people coming together. It's not just because of one person, you know? Right? Or you look at like all the Steven Spielberg movies, and you're like, oh, wow, they have have all this like similar style to them. And then if you peel back the curtain and you, and you see like he's probably using the same production designer on every movie he's using like mm-hmm. industrial light and magic of course so like they have a very distinct style so it's like it's not it doesn't take anything away from the filmmaker it just you have to look at it as a team of people and a lot of filmmakers use the same teams over and over and over again which mm-hmm. is what gives their films consistency yeah, I think that that's one of the things I wish I probably would have learned earlier is that the that film is like, you know, super collaborative and you can't do everything yourself. And, you know, it's one thing to have a vision and, and a shared vision, but it's another thing to think that it all relies on you to make it good. And that's, I don't know, it's not necessarily true because you got to rely on the team together to make a good product, you know? Yeah. Um. Although the director takes responsibility for everything in the end anyways, but you know. Yeah, but I think the the point is, is that as a director, you need to, you need to be thinking about everything, but you don't need to know how to do everything. So like you can put together reference for your DP and how you want the lighting. You don't necessarily need to know how that lighting works and what kind of lights they need, what kind of lenses you want. All you need to do is communicate what you're looking for and be able to answer questions and, and you know, it doesn't need to be in a technical way, just like artistically, like tell them why you like what you're showing them. You're like, oh, right. I like the soft lights coming through the window or I like the practical lights in the background that are adding some, um, some atmosphere to it. Or like, I like the high contrast. I like the low contrast. I like the, the color wash of it. I mean, there's just, you just have to learn how to talk about all that stuff and how to like smartly look at things. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's also at the same time, I think we said this in an early up, earlier episodes, like I wouldn't just go and hire a bunch of crew members and go and make a movie with people that are more experienced than you without first just kind of doing everything yourself and seeing what that's like and seeing mm-hmm. where your strengths and weaknesses are. Because I think you have to find out where your strengths and weaknesses are before you can kind of move on and work with other people. Yeah, I, I think that that makes sense. I mean, it's hard for me to, to to put myself in that position because I've always done it myself, like when I was starting out especially, you know. But uh, yeah, but yeah, coming from a mind where you haven't, a place where you haven't done anything yet, yeah, I guess it would make sense that you'd you'd have to start there. 
Um, Thanks. You know, with your iPhone or something. I've never known anybody that started making movies that just like worked with other people like right away. Mm. Well, you hear about these first-time directors all the time who, who like have have never made a movie, and then they just get a budget together and they go out and direct a movie. <laughs> um, right. You know, I guess you but, could, right? Is that yeah, cheating? I, I don't know. Well, if you hire the right people, it's not, and you have a good script that you that you either found or wrote, it's not, you know. But uh, like, how about Richard Kelly and Donnie Darko? Did he do any films before that? Any short films? Um, I don't know. I think well, he went to USC, so he must have, right? Oh, okay, because I know yeah. at the time he wrote that script, he was working like in a dub room at like a, I yeah. think at a visual effects company. Yeah, his story is great. That's a really cool story about how he got that movie made and like passed it to his friend who was like an intern at like some agency or, or some production company, and they passed it to their boss, and then their boss passed it to somebody else, and then he had an agent meeting, and you know got it made that way which is pretty amazing got like drew barrymore on as executive producer yeah yeah i think from from my understanding of that story she's really the one who made that movie happen because Mm -hmm. no one else wanted to let him direct it and she was like believed in him and let him do it well given his track record i hate to badmouth him but Uh oh (laughs) uh that's kind of the only good movie he's made i think (laughs) Right. Well, uh, yeah, what I guess so. Um, I didn't see Southland. Um, Southland or... Tales, I think it's called. Yeah, Southland Tales. Oh, man. You got to watch that. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, so what about you, Timothy? What's going on with you this week? Uh, we don't have to talk about anything that's going on with me. <laughs> that's totally fine. Did Are you shooting your commercial tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. I'm shooting the commercial tomorrow. Um but yeah, there's not really a whole lot to say. Like, I'll, I think I'll talk about it after I'm done. Okay. It is interesting okay. though, just to see like how how the same and different being a director on a commercial is than like a film. Hmm. There's a lot of overlap, but there's also a ton of things that are different, and just like the priorities shift from kind of what you're worried about in terms of like, am I telling the story right when you only have 15 seconds. And it, you're like kind of communicating something then. And you're also thinking about like client products and how the client's coming across. It's just like a different frame of mind when you're like putting it together. But at the same time, it's like you're still working with actors. You're still working with the same type of crew and still putting the production get together in the same way. I think it's just when it comes down to storytelling, it is just a different brain exercise. I'm fine. Yeah. So I'm going to see how it goes tomorrow and then next week i think i'll talk about it and kind of just reminisce like did i like it did i hate it yeah do i want to do more yeah Yeah. i'm kind of like in the midst of it right now just kind of like really evaluating the whole process and and wondering you know like is this really what what's going to help me become a better filmmaker so but right now let's talk about feedback and before we talked about anything that's on your list i wanted to just do something and then if it sucks we can cut it if it's fun (laughs) okay we'll do it but um basically i wanted to see if we could give each other live on the spot feedback on the podcast and how we think each (laughs) other is doing as partner on the podcast um so i don't know if that sounds like something that you're able to do or you want to do what do you think and what's the goal of this? 
just to just to give like you know just to do a live simulation of giving <laughs> feedback um you know live on the spot but i would say like normally when i give feedback i'm trying to make something better there's nothing mm-hmm. that really bugs me about this podcast that i want to make better right that's true so it would be hard for me to give feedback because i don't really know like what what you should be doing better except for getting the episodes edited on time <laughs> yeah because like my feedback of you would, would would really just be that like yeah you're always on time you get your episodes done three or four days in advance uh you're always coming up with new ideas and new uh, things to talk about um but i don't know what your your feedback of me would probably be less uh positive it does kind of show like the two different ways you can come at it like you can come at it like talking about the things that you think can be better or you can come at it from like the things that you're doing right you know which which is what we just did like i just came at you and told you a few things that you could be doing better and you just came back and said like all the things that i'm doing right I guess it's a little bit different when you're actually giving critical feedback on like a piece of art because there's a lot more to say about it than, you know, whether or not you're on time to record or, you know, if you turn in the, you know, podcast on time or not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In general, what would you consider your feedback style as? Well, I'd like to say that it's very direct and that, um, I try to come from a place of not necessarily praising all the good things, but just kind of talking about what's not working for me. Um, but then I make sure to mention either at the start or the finish, like the things I did like about it, you know, no matter what. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really don't think, cause like, I just don't think praising all the things that are working really helps in a lot of way because I don't know. I think, I think it does and it doesn't. I guess it's it's really hard to say. It depends on the person, I suppose. Well, before giving feedback, do you ever ask people like what what kind of feedback are you looking for? Oh, always, especially when I don't know them. I say, "Do you want like real honest critical feedback or do you want like, you know, overall general feedback or is there anything specific you want me to look at?" I've never had anybody say, "I just want you to tell me it's good." But they I never think that say some that. people want you to. <laughs> They never just say it like that, but I think there's some things I can see in an in email response that makes me realize that that's what they want. Um, <laughs> right. But but I've given feedback before and then not heard from the person for six months. Um, oh, wow. You know, because I think I was just too harsh, you know, but I kind of feel like that's like, I'm not going to go in and just say all the nice things. Like, I'm just going to go in and say this is this didn't work for me this didn't work like or i'll start like i liked it overall it's an interesting story you have a really interesting character uh this is what i like da, da, da. and then i'll go into the feedback and then in that critical feedback line of bullet points i won't be bullet pointing positives i'll only be bullet pointing negatives um, tough love yeah but i mean i don't know i've gotten that kind of feedback from other people and i think it's like what it's what makes you better you know so um, you're you're going about it treat other people like you want to be treated like that's what you want so yeah. you're giving that out yeah cuz um i think it's important to let people know what's working and what's not working you know so it is good to say some positive things of course but i mean i think you have to i think cuz i've been on the the receiving end of like some 
you know, I, I don't mind the honest truth, the brutal truth, mm. but if I don't get like some glimmer of hope out of it, it's just kind of discouraging and it just kind of like crushes me. Mm. So if mm. I, if I, I think the best feedback for me is if it is purely honest and there's things that aren't working is that the other person's offering solutions. Like one of the frustrations I had when we sat down last week is you had a lot of, you found a lot of problems with my script, but you weren't able to give me like ways to solve it. So then I was just like given a problem without any sort of solution. Yeah. And that's tough. We we talked about some, some different solutions or some answers, you know, some things that, that could, could be happening, but there was nothing, I didn't provide any specifics by any means, you know? Um, and I kind of, after walking away from that, I kind of wish I had, like, I wish I had come up with like, some some solutions to your problem of how to fix it or how to make it better you know yeah i just i guess i guess the reason why i didn't do that was because what we talked about like i would do it so differently you know like my solution would be to write the movie in a completely different way you know which is like not really that useful you know and that's the Um, other thing too i feel like that with good feedback is you have to see the movie well, we're talking about screenplays right now. You have to see the movie yeah. that that people are trying to make and not yeah. the one that you want them to make or you want to make. So that's that's sometimes the hardest thing and I and I can always tell when somebody's giving me feedback based on a movie that's not what I'm trying to make and it it's still hard. So, and sometimes there's good stuff that that comes out of it. I don't know exactly how you can kind of set expectations about like what kind of movie you're trying to make. And I think the best way to do it is just find like-minded people and make sure that you're sharing your screenplay with people that like and enjoy the kind of movies that you're trying to make, which is not easy. I, I'm, I'm still trying to find like a core group of people that I feel comfortable sharing my stuff with and trust their feedback. Cause even like between you and me, I feel like we have a lot of overlap in the kind of things we like, but I don't think we have a hundred percent overlap in the kinds of things that we enjoy. And I have several friends like that. So I'll share stuff with them. And then when I get their notes back, I'm like, Oh man, they just don't see it. They don't get, they don't get me, man. Yeah. Uh, it's well, hard. I do the, and I do the same for you. Like when you gave me feedback on the alternate, you know, there was lots of things that you wanted in there that you were missing um, that were things I just didn't really want to do, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm just not interested in that. And, and I think it's fine. And I can see why they would, you'd make that suggestion, you know, but it's just, it wasn't really for me. It's like hard to know like when that's actually the case and when it's actually something that you should listen to. Cause sometimes I think the thing that you, that you, maybe you don't necessarily think is good is actually really good for your movie i still i'm not like gonna say that (laughs) i i don't want to be direct i don't want to be um you know honest with how i feel like i definitely still want to do that but if i was to give you feedback on spirit machine now a week later and like that experience was just to be erased i would definitely do it a little bit differently how so well, I would probably try to to come up with a solution or two <laughs> and write and write it out, you know. Um and I probably would I would try to to sprinkle in more of the things I liked about your movie throughout my feedback rather than just, you know, kind of overall talking about the things I liked in mm-hmm. a very vague manner and then going right for the gut. I probably would 
uh, you know, I probably would structure my com- the conversation a little differently. What the feedback that I hate the most is where they don't say anything at all, anything useful. Mm-hmm. It's just kind yeah. of like, yeah, this is pretty cool. Good job. That's like the worst kind of feedback. So yeah. I, or, or like, oh yeah, it's kind of cool. It's not for me, but you know, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> I like it. Good job, man. It's like that kind of feedback I've gotten yeah. before or like where they say it's not their type of movie. And then they talk about kind of the type of movie they wish it was, you know? And you're like, well, that was I can't really do that now. Yeah. I think it's also different, like, like screenplay, uh, you know, feedback is way different than like a movie feedback. Because I think when you're, when you're doing, when you're writing a movie, you can change anything. But when you've made a movie, there's certain things that you cannot change anymore. And one of the more frustrating things for me is when people give feedback on things that you can't change, you know? <laughs> right. That and happened like, to me on Over My Dead Body. I sent it to a friend of mine that, that we've written stuff together. And he had like all these thoughts that were nothing like the script. Yeah. Yeah. So when I'm, I'm like giving feedback on a, on a movie, like I really try to just say like things that, that, that some, they can actually still change or they can still work on, you know, or if I do have a comment about something that can't be changed, um, I, I structure it in a way that makes sense, you know, where it's like, like, I don't necessarily like this performance, but I know you can't change it, you know, or something like that. Um, yeah. I think that, I think that's probably, that's a really good point because yeah, when it comes to screenplays, anything can be changed and it's probably a little harder to get, give and receive feedback on it because, you know, pretty much sky's the limit. I think the way that I tend to give feedback and I, and I know I didn't do this when I talked about your logo this week. Well, maybe I did. No, I did. I changed that. I changed my mind. I did do this. I always like offer some sort of suggestion if it's something I don't think is working. Mm-hmm. So Ulrich sent me the logo for his movie. He was trying <laughs> to trying to achieve something specific. And I pretty much told him like, given your skills as a designer, it's not really working. I think you'd be better <laughs> off just doing a very simple, plain type treatment. Like that's the yeah, easiest or, thing to pull or off. Or hiring a designer. Or hiring a designer. <laughs> so I gave him two solutions. <laughs> and I tend to do that a lot. Like if something's not working in the screenplay, I'll say, this isn't working for me, but how about you try this? Or you could do this, or you could do this. Just to give the person I'm giving feedback to like some ideas to think about. Because I know I find it hard when I get feedback telling me what I can do better, but it's not offering me a solution it's frustrating because I thought that I came up with the best solution. It's not like I had like a bunch of ideas and I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go with this one and see how that works. It's usually because it's the only idea I had. And Mm. so when it's like, uh, I'm faced with the problem then of all of a sudden, like all those ideas that I had aren't working, then I have to go generate new ideas. So it helps for me to have some other things to like kind of jump off to and like give me a new way of thinking about it. And get me out of my own head. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think it's it's really hard, uh, especially when you with a screenplay. I feel like to see it in a new way, like once you've been writing it one specific way mm-hmm. for a while, you get locked into um, it. It's just you get so locked in, and it's so hard to step out from that, and then you know just try it a different way. And I've had people 
give me suggestions of like how I could like rewrite like a whole like act or like restructure the whole movie or maybe this big thing happens here instead of what you have now and that changes the whole rest of the movie. Uh, but it can be really hard to like even try to follow those ideas because you're just so into <laughs> making what you have work. Yeah. And I kind of feel like sometimes if the idea is too radical, it's like it's useless to me. It's like you're basically telling me to write a different movie and that this isn't helping me make my movie better. Like, how do I make my movie better? Right. Damn it. Like, that's what I want to know. So I feel like giving solutions is important, but you know, I think trying to give solutions within the scope of what they're trying to do, like you're saying, like trying to make the same kind of movie that the writer's trying to make. I think that's also really important, you know? I think what I'm going to start doing is that you, I need some sort of baseline from the person that I'm getting something from. So uh, I recently read a screenplay and I kind of wish that I had asked him earlier, like, what kind of movie do you think this is? Like, if you could pick three movies that you think this is like similar to, like, what are those three movies? And I never did. Mm. And so I just kind of like assumed that him and I were on the same page about like, what's a good movie. But then later on, after I could feel like he wasn't really taking my feedback because I had read like several drafts of a screenplay and not much was changing from draft to draft. Then I was like, I just kind of asked, I kind of like threw out a bunch of movies that I liked. I'm just like, hey, here's the place I'm coming from. These are all the movies that I like that I'm trying to achieve. And this is the place where my notes come from. And then I found out he didn't even like some of those movies. And I realized that he was trying to make a different kind of movie than I thought he was trying to make. So I'm going to try to be a little bit more deliberate about like when I'm giving my stuff to people, like telling them like, this is what I'm trying to do. This is what I'm trying to achieve. Let me know if this measures up. And then when I'm getting something from other people, asking them like, what are you trying to do? So I can put that lens on. Let's talk about feedback that I've given you on the alternate because I don't really remember how I did it. <laughs> right. Do you remember like how what I did and what worked and what yeah. didn't work? Yeah. So I remember you gave me a rating, um, you know, based off of uh, like, you know, overall uh, style, plot um, and, and a couple other things. Uh and, you know, it was out of 10. And I remember the scores weren't very high. Um, <laughs> somewhere around the four to six areas in each one. Um, that's that's and then, coming back to me. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and then one of the big things I remember, you said that, like, each movie, every movie needs three really great scenes. And you have one really great scene. And I'm missing two other really great scenes to tie it together, you know? Yeah. Um, and I remember that there was this one scene I'm really proud of that I really like a lot. And you weren't, you didn't consider it one of the great scenes. And, um, I remember asking you about it specifically and you're like, yeah, it's okay. It's cool. But, you know, it, you know, I've just needed more or whatever. And, and, you know, you gave me very detailed notes. Like you went page by page and you, you know, you didn't necessarily give a note on every page, but you gave a note on a lot of pages just about like things that either, worked for you or didn't work for you. And I think that was probably, that was something I tried to do. Like, I don't know if you've read through all those notes I gave you. I haven't, no. But, but that's something that I tried to do is like, you know, I would give a, ask a question or 
give a specific line of feedback on something. And then, you know, the next thing that I liked, I would be like, this is awesome. Great job. You know, and then I would go and I would just do that because I remembered that you did that for me. Like if something worked really well, or you liked it, you would note it specifically on the page. Yeah. And I did it quite a lot because there were lots of things that were really fun and that did really work for me. Um, but that's kind of how I remember it going. And I remember you gave me like an opening paragraph, sort of d- the, just outlining your overall thoughts on the script. And you had said that like you thought that right now it was like a movie that, you know, you could probably make and it would be okay, but it wouldn't be good and it would definitely not be great. It needs a little bit more work to become a great or good to great movie, you know, and that you thought I should put extra time in, in fixing some of these issues. But I don't remember if you had any really clear, clear idea of what you wanted to happen too differently. I think that kind of came later, right? After we had discussions about it. Exactly. I think it came later. You know, I basically like, how do I'm trying to remember like what I thought when I walked away from your feedback. I think I thought that like Timothy's an asshole. No, (laughs) no, I'd remembered that I had sent it to another friend of mine around the same time and he had said some of the same things that you had said. So I thought that like, oh, well, these two smart guys I really trust both don't like it very much. Um, They're both not really giving me any big solutions on how to fix it. But well, so far, I sound very helpful. Are there any things that I I said that you didn't like that you're like, this is not helpful at all? Well, and I wish he hadn't done this. But it was, it was. I think the 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 thing that was the most unhelpful that it was like, yeah, just make it ten pages shorter. It's like, well, how how am I supposed to do that? <laughs> how am I supposed to take ten pages out and make this event happen ten uh, pages? Because you felt like everything was crucial to the story being told. You'd already kind of yeah, done that. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't think there had really been. There wasn't any like very clear. I mean, uh, this is this is actually good because this happened to me a few times. And I think this kind of happened with you and me too when you're giving me notes in my screenplay is that you kind of assume sometimes that the person hasn't like done the work in a certain area. So I think in, I gave notes recently on kind of like what, what's like character motivations, like make sure that the characters have like a strong motivation. And then if you actually sit down and talk to the writer, they've always, they've, they've already thought about all this stuff. If it's not coming right. across, it's not because they haven't thought about it. It's usually because they just haven't figured out a way to like get that information across to an audience member. So I think I need to be better about like not assuming some stuff. Um, like yeah. like I probably assume that you hadn't gone through the screenplay and figured out where you could trim since it was so long. I was like, well, he probably just hasn't gone through and like figured out where he can take stuff out. Yeah. Rather than sitting no, down was, with you and being like, yeah. where can we take out 10 pages, Ulrich? And if you're like, I don't know, and then I could be like, well, well, how about here, 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 and here? And I could offer you some suggestions. Yeah, I had, I at that point, especially, I was like, I had no idea what to get rid of because I thought everything was absolutely important. And then I, later on, I got a, a draft that was much shorter, but then I wasn't happy with it because I thought that, like, it just all went so fast and, yeah. like, I'd lost a lot of, like, these, you know, character scenes between the different characters and one character is basically out of the movie at that point. And I was like, <laughs> like, ah, Oh my God. But, uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, 
I know it's going to be painful if you read all the notes I gave you, but I think you should probably just read them at some point because I will. I think that would be interesting, you know, and I think there are some encouraging things. And the way I try to, to <laughs> you think, you think there no, are? I think no, it sounds think like there are. I'm just giving you a hard time. Um, but no, I mean, I, what I tried to do is like, I tried to ask questions, like rather than saying, like, did you, what's the character's motivation here? It would be more like, why is the character doing this? You know, like, and I think those kinds of things will be helpful because then you realize as a writer that, you know, you know why the character is doing that, but then the audience has no idea why the character right. is and doing that. Right. And that's usually where, what I, where I come from when I'm listening to somebody give feedback is I'm just sitting there and absorbing it. I'm just like listening to that person talk and I'm trying not to like justify things or provide answers because I really just want to hear what their experience of it is. One thing that drives me nuts when I'm giving somebody feedback is when they start like arguing with me over like how I felt about things. And actually you've done mm -hmm. this to me a few times before where it's like, uh oh, yeah, like I've, I've like pointed out something and then you're like, well, and I think you're probably doing it because you're like, this is my intention. So I know kind of like what you're trying to do and then maybe I could help you out. But I'm usually, you know, just kind of like explaining like how my experience of it and not looking for like the explanation or like if I'm asking a question, like what is this character thinking in this scene? I don't want to hear. I don't actually want to hear what the character's thinking. I just want you to know that that question came into my head. You don't want me to actually tell you what, what, why yeah. they're doing anything. You don't actually want to get a response. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I think. Cause as if I, like me asking that question to you in your notes, I do want to know why a character is doing that. And I do want you to tell me why oh, <laughs> I want to know. I, then... I don't want to tell you because, and I hadn't told you this when we sat down and, and you're giving me feedback is because then if I tell you and I ever have you read it again, then I've already planted something in your head. So like as a writer, mm, yeah. you go in with like intentions on everything. Like you know what all the characters are thinking. You know what their motivations are. You know the backstory on like how the whole universe works. And then you write it mm -hmm. and you give it to somebody and you said, what do you think? Like, does this make sense? Like, and then if they have questions about some stuff, I'm, I try not to give them the answers because I, I just want to know that they have that question. And then I decide, is that question important enough that I need to address it? Is that question mm. something that I'm, I'm not getting? Or is that question coming up because I'm not presenting the information in the right way? Um, and then, yeah, if I want to give it to you again, if I planted the idea in your head, then you might fool yourself into thinking that I've solved it when in, in fact I haven't because you'll start like reading the subtext of stuff. Right. I guess... I guess like the reason why I say that and why I would want that is because if it's coming from a place of collaboration, it's like in order to help you make it better, I need to understand what the character's thinking and then I can give you suggestions based right. off of what you're trying to do. But if I don't know what you're trying to do, I can't really give you any feedback. That's totally or true. Any. Yeah. So that's that's sort of my that's my thinking. I, I totally see your point of view too. Like that makes a lot of sense. Like if you're trying to give them another draft in the future, like obviously you don't want to reveal your hand. If you're trying to get your hand revealed through the script, like right. that defeats the purpose. Like I totally understand that, but I mean, but I, I think I don't want to give anything away in your new short film brother, but I think in like the rough cut stages, 
I commented on like not really understanding the backstory of your characters and you sent me an email like kind of outlining what your intention was and I don't know if there's any way I could have solved that backstory like how that backstory could have been more clear to anybody because you you'd already shot it. Right, and I and I think it's going to be interesting to see like by the end of the of the short like if people are going to you know understand at that moment or if they're going to go back and, and be able to piece it together or not. And I mean, that's sort of, I don't know, it's going to be interesting because that's kind of what I want people to do, but whether or not they do what I want or not is <laughs> a completely different thing. Right. Um, so my experience of getting feedback from you on Spirit Machine was pretty good. I mean, it was in some ways disheartening because I had just gotten feedback from a few other people and I was like super clear in my head about like what I wanted to do. And I was like, yeah, awesome. I'm going to get into writing this. I'm going to, I know exactly what I need to do to make this good. And then I sat down with Ulrich and he gave me a bunch of notes that kind of confused me. And I it was, I no longer felt that way after sitting down with him. I wasn't excited anymore to go back to writing because now I had a bunch more problems that he had brought up that now I have to decide, do I want to solve those or not? Your actual feedback on my screenplay was great. And I I feel like because I respect you so much and I like what you're doing and I, I know we have a lot of overlap, the harshness of your criticism didn't sting too much. Like it was disheartening and it was hard, but it didn't like, totally crush me and i think it's, well, that's good. it's because like i i respect your opinion if i didn't respect your opinion i think it would probably hurt more in some weird way really yeah that's funny because i think like at least i know like it's coming from a good place and like i know i know what you're asking me to do and it gave me pause when we were sitting there and you're pretty much just telling me like hey i know the kind of movie you're trying to make but I think you can do a lot better and I think you can do something that's like way more original and interesting. And I was like, yeah, guess I didn't really think about that. guess it should be more original and interesting. To me, sometimes like if I didn't respect somebody and then they gave me a bunch of harsh feedback, I would be like, whoa, okay. <laughs> well, that's what you think. You don't know anything. That's fine. But, uh, you know... Yeah. So like when somebody I respect, you know, gives me really like tough feedback, it's, it, it, it doesn't, it's not necessarily that it stings really because I mean, it, it always is going to hurt a little bit. You know, when you, when someone tells you they don't like your work, that's just natural. Yeah. Um, you want people to like it. Obviously. But I mean, I think when someone, you know, gives you really detailed feedback and it's not positive, if you respect them, it's like, it's like a challenge as well as an eye opener. Like, like when you gave me feedback on the alternate, I had just gotten really positive feedback from a producer who was like, this thing is like ready to be shot. Let's shoot it. It's great. Um, maybe just fix a couple small little th- tiny things, but <laughs> yeah. this is ready to go. And then like, I have you read it and you're like, this is like, you're not ready. like, you don't, know, don't a C minus movie, at, you know, <laughs> like at best. Um, I don't know. It's, it, it's, I think giving and receiving feedback is really, really hard, but I think it's really important in order to becoming a, a solid filmmaker because, if you can't take it and then you can't give it in a way that is helpful, like you're not really doing anybody a favor, you know, 
One of the other things I try to do too is like somebody will send me like a rough cut of a movie or a screenplay or something and they're like, check this out. And then I read it or I watch it and then I immediately want to give them feedback. But I have to realize they didn't necessarily ask for my feedback. <laughs> so n- not everybody wants feedback. I, I don't <laughs> want feedback on my finished movies. And I've had At all. No, because it's not helpful to me. It just makes huh. me sad. Because <laughs> I usually know, I usually know what I want, would like to do better. Just, just I already, makes me sad. Yeah, I just know that. I already know that they kind of suck. But yeah, I had um, on loan. After I shared it around with a few people, and in my head, it was done. And I had like people give me feedback on it, um, unsolicited feedback, and that sucked. That was hurtful mm. because I was done. I didn't. I didn't want to go back. And they told me like how I could make it better. Like, but it's done. Like, I'm not going to go and reopen the edit and go record a new VO because I'm finished. So I don't understand why you would give this to me. Yeah, that's a completely different mindset than me. Like when I, you know, for a couple of years or a year since Strange Thing has been done, I still send it to people and ask them what they think. And I and I do want their, uh, you know, completely brutal criticism because I want to know how I could do better next time. And I want to know, like, like I know how I feel about my film. Yeah. Like, I know what I think it is and how good I think it is and, like, where I think I made mistakes and where I think I did well. Um, but I always want to know what someone else thinks, you know? And I got some really tough feedback on Strange Thing, like, <laughs> while it was being considered by film festivals. Oh, and there gosh. was a, and one from a, a filmmaker who had a film play at Sundance, um, one of his shorts played there years ago and i was like oh my god this this guy who's so smart and is way more ahead of me in my in his career is like he hates it <laughs> i should just quit right now like what the hell am i doing that was like my first thought and then i read it again and then i just realized that you know he's just a completely different type of filmmaker than me and that he was right to some degree you know but then um other people would like it and then you know it'd play at film festivals it got into film festivals uh it got applause. You know, people came up to me afterwards and told me they thought it was cool. So you realize that not everyone's going to like it and not everyone's going to think it's great, but I still want to know what people think. And I want to know what people think honestly, just because I think it makes me better to do it that way, even though I know that I'm not going to go back and change it ever, but it just helps me grow as a filmmaker. But that, I don't know. That's just me personally. I, I guess. guess. I guess it helps to hear how other people are receiving a finished film. But I guess I'm kind of sensitive and it it's hard yeah. for me to, to receive the negative criticism on something that I already feel kind of negative about. Yeah, I, I guess I just feel like the more negative criticism I get, the, the stronger it's going to make me and the more resilient I'll be to, to tough criticism in the future. And it'll just make me better at fixing things and making things better rather than toughen your you know, skin. Tell yeah, tough in my skin, and I feel like right now, I feel like my my skin's pretty tough because like after you know whatever forty to fifty rejections of Strange Thing at different film festivals and all the people who didn't like it, I feel like <laughs> okay, like I feel like I'm pretty good now, like I can handle anything, you know. And then the people who like it, like that, that makes it all that much better, you know, and it makes you realize that you you know it. Just because some people didn't like it doesn't mean doesn't mean that everyone doesn't like it, you know. 
Well, I think the other important thing to say about feedback is you have to take it all with a grain of salt because yeah. there are going to be people that like it. I mean, just in the instance of the alternate, you had one person say, this is ready to shoot. Like, let's go make this into a movie. There's just a few small tweaks you need to make. And then on the other hand, you had me who said, I think you can do better. Like, don't shoot this yet. It's like just a standard movie. You can make it a lot better than it is. Those are just two opinions, though. Yeah. And when absolutely. a movie gets released, you're gonna not, you're not going to just have two opinions or five opinions or 10 opinions or even 30 opinions. You're going to have thousands, maybe even millions. So yeah. you have to kind of like, read feedback through a lens, your own lens. And I think the danger with feedback is that you try to please the people that are giving you feedback and try to fix all their notes rather than doing what feels right to you. So yeah, I think what I, what I'm doing right now, cause I have, I have pages of notes from you and other people on spirit machine is I need to like, I'm taking a step back. I'm going to go back through, read them all again, kind of make it like a hit list of things that I want to do right now. It's like all kind of jumbled in my head. I'm not even sure like what version of the story I want to tell anymore. And I need to like kind of wrangle that together, then go through the notes and kind of decide, all right, how am I going to attack this next draft? Yeah. I had a couple other things I wanted to mention. Um, one was about the story I heard from Robert Rodriguez on a podcast, it, obviously not in person, but just on a podcast. And he was talking about Tarantino's uh, first cut of Pulp Fiction. And like he'd sent it to somebody and they were like, oh, I don't know if it was the first cut, but it was like an early cut. It was like the cut that went to Cannes or whatever. Yeah. And he sent it to somebody and they were like, oh, this is this is not good. Like, Oh, this is never going to work. Like you have to fix all these problems. Like here's a whole bunch of lists of notes. And like when he went to can, he was thinking of going into the edit room as soon as he got back to like make these changes. And then of course can happen and you know, went, went really well. And I think one or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then those changes just never got made because it was so well received on its first screening. <laughs> so it's just interesting to hear that story and just think like, well, everyone's always going to get notes and like, you know, people are always going to give feedback on something, but maybe it's not necessarily right to make those changes. You know, like there's another great story about the Birdman screenplay getting like a really low review yeah, on sure. um, some website. And then like, yeah, that won the Oscars. So it's like, yeah, who knows? Even <laughs> like, know? like scre early screenings. Like I heard Austin powers like tested terribly, like some of the mm. worst testing ever. And then it opened up and it was huge. I think yeah. Memento, the same thing. Like it was just did horrible testing, but the producers and, and Nolan just kind of stuck with it and be like, well, this is the story we want to tell. And that ended up being a really huge independent release. And there's like story after story about people that like kind of stick to their guns and like know what kind of story they want to want to tell and just do it. And I think that the the lesson is, is that you're always going to get feedback if you ask for it. Yeah. And I, I kind of like see this in advertising too. It's like if you bring something to somebody and you say, what do you think? They're going to find something to comment on. So it's mm -hmm. up to you then. Like you'll never like share something to somebody I don't think and they'll be like, great, it's awesome, done. You have nothing more to do. Perfect. Here's the Academy Award, dude. You did it. Because 
Yeah. I think that there's a perception of something like a work in progress that everyone just kind of comes into it thinking that they can help make it better. Whereas like a finished film that's like done, released, it's out in the world, just gets judged by a different standard. So as soon as you invite opinions, people's the way people perceive it is going to change. So I think you just have to be prepared for feedback and then just be strong enough to know like what kind of movie you're trying to make and then just kind of stick to that and then pull out of the feedback, like use the feedback to make that vision stronger rather than kind of bending to what other people are telling you it needs to be. Yeah, that was actually extremely well said, Timothy. Um, I don't I think, think I'm starting to wake up better. That was, that was right on. And I, I will, I'll add one thing to that, that, you know, you're saying if, if you're, once a movie's out in the world, it's a different thing, but you, you see it in reviews all the time. People are always making suggestions on what they could have done to make it better and what they <laughs> right, could have done the, to make the this critics. big budget movie better. You know, they're constantly doing that. Yeah. So I don't think it ever ends, really. It doesn't. You know? And that's, yeah, I, I don't know how you kind of sort through that. I think I'm, I'm kind of like of the Woody Allen mind where if people give me positive feedback, I don't believe them. And I don't want to hear the negative feedback. So I kind of just kind of avoid feedback on my finished stuff in general. Mm. Oh, that's good to know. I won't give you any feedback on uh, the spirit machine when I finally get to see it. <laughs> unless I ask uh, for it. Unless you ask for it. And then I'll, uh, you know, just be extremely tough. <laughs> oh, man. The, the negative reviews of spirit machine could drive me out of filmmaking forever. No. Um, well, I don't know, man. I think I'm good. Like, I think we've talked it over. Um, yeah, we did. I think I was kind of hoping for some more resolution or like just a more concentrated discussion. It'll be interesting to see how this all edits together, but right now it feels pretty messy. It's a little messy, but I think your, your little capper, uh, is like really all there needs to be said about it. Like, that's just a perfect way. Like, you know, you're never gonna like get, you're never not going to get feedback and you're never going to be able to make everyone happy. So you just have to be the one to decide what you'll, what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. Mm-hmm. And it's extremely difficult, but it's, it's a essential, essential part of uh, making movies, you know? Um, all right. Well, I'm going to take us out of here. Take us uh, out. That, that is our episode. Thanks for listening. If you, uh, like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at MMIH podcast. And um, I'm at Ulrich B on Twitter. And Timothy, you are. I'm at Timothy Plain on Twitter. Yeah, man, we're we're out there. We're in the we're out in the world. Find us, <laughs> like us, tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. We oh yeah, we don't everything. want. Feed- we should probably say we don't want feedback on the podcast. No, we don't. No, I'm just kidding. We want feedback. We want to make this podcast better. So if you guys have <laughs> <Yeah>. suggestions <laughs> on making the podcast better, please let us know. <laughs> We're totally open to it. Yeah, I want feedback so badly. Yeah, that would be so funny if we were like, yeah, we don't want, don't tell us what you think. Just just like us. But That's don't it. send <laughs> us a, a tweet just saying, I hate the way you guys sound. That's not helpful because <laughs> we can't change the way we sound. But if you think I, that we could format the show differently or talk about different subjects. <laughs> I hate this the way that you sound. And I hate your names. Um, <laughs> right. But like everything what? else I love. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, well, we're not going to change any of those things. So Yeah. Think about feedback in those senses. Like, what can people actually affect? Yeah. I think that's great advice. <laughs> All right, everyone. Have a good week.
Yeah, have a good one.